Hi friends, this is Megan, and you're listening to the She Lives Purposely podcast, where we encourage women to love Jesus and live purposely in every area of life. Hello friend, and welcome back to the She Lives Purposely podcast. I am so excited that you are here. My name is Megan, and I am the founder of She Lives Purposely and the host of this podcast, and I hope and pray that you are encouraged and equipped by this episode today. Um, My heart is for you, for you to love Jesus, to walk with him, and of course, to live purposefully. I want to encourage you before we start this episode to encourage just one friend today, just one person, by sharing this episode with them. Build them up today in their walk with Christ. I know that I can't wait to share it with my friends, which is all of you. And two, if you have not yet subscribed to the She Lives Purposefully podcast, be sure to do that so that you don't miss any bit of encouragement. And if you are feeling extra generous, be sure to leave a review so that others who are stumbling on this podcast will know whether or not they should check it out. Okay, so now whether you are cooking, cleaning, driving to work, maybe you're at work, maybe you're sitting ready to take notes, Um, I personally am such a cook, clean, driving podcast listener, that's like my go-to time, Um, but just whatever you're doing, be it ready to be encouraged and equipped. I am so excited for today's episode. If you are a regular listener, you are probably wondering why we are having an episode on a Monday. Normally, the She Lives Purposefully podcast episodes come out on Thursdays. Um, And so I don't know if maybe this is throwing you off a bit, but I am so excited to say um, in a very unannounced kind of thing, I didn't do any promo for this whatsoever, but I'm super excited to announce that from this point on, I am going to be attempting to do two episodes a week with the She Lives Purposely podcast, and the Monday episodes are going to be very like Bible study oriented, which I'm super excited about. And Thursdays are still going to be the very topical guest episodes um, that we have been doing for for a while now. Um, but Mondays are going to be very Bible study oriented, very like cozy, grab your tea, grab your coffee, put on a crew neck, and let's dive into God's word together um, kind of vibe. And so I'm doing this because a couple weeks ago I did a Bible study. I think it was one of my first ones of these on a, on a book or in a chapter in Hebrews. I did kind of a Bible study vibe podcast and got a lot of good feedback from it from you. People saying that they would love more of that. Um, and so it just got me thinking like, what if I started doing that every single week? And I felt like Mondays were a perfect day to do that um, because it just gets your week going with some sweet extra bonus encouragement. Um, plus, even though this should never, ever, 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 ever be a substitute for you spending time with Jesus in your own personal walk in the morning, maybe lunch breaks, maybe at nighttime, I feel like Mondays of any day of the week are probably the day that we are rolling out of bed because we woke up late and maybe we didn't get to spend as much time with the Lord as we wish that we did or normally do. Mondays are just that type of day. So here is that extra bit of encouragement. But again, this is not a substitute. So definitely go read your Bible later if that is you, which we can all relate to. But anyway, that's why I'm doing it Mondays. And that is why I there is an episode today, which there normally is not, and I am just so excited about it. Another big news for today is that, um, and I think I have mentioned this in other podcast episodes before, but 
there will be an attempt to have a YouTube video with this podcast episode. You can go check on YouTube and it may or may not be there depending on if I like what it actually looks like, if it turns out, if I don't mess up and all the things. Um, because my video skills are not um, professional to any extent whatsoever. So this is gonna it's gonna have to be pretty easy peasy for me to for me to get it up on YouTube. I'm just gonna be honest with you there. Um, but I'm excited because I am going to be trying to put this episode on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll notice that I am trying to look at the camera, but I also have a ton of notes on my laptop. Um, and and so there is that. But I'm excited because I know that a lot of people prefer YouTube videos and watching them. I was actually talking with my sister-in-law and she just came out with her own podcast which is super exciting and they have it on YouTube she was talking about how she loves watching podcasts on YouTube and just YouTube videos and a lot of you have vocalized that too with polls and DMs so I was like all right it's about time that I tried this so we're trying it um and I'm excited excited for that okay so for today we are going to be diving into the book of Ruth, which I'm super excited about. I'm actually going to be going through the Ruth study on the She Lives Purposefully website that you can download. It is a free resource, a free study for you. Um, Basically things that when I went through the book and studied the book, I felt like the Lord really spoke to me on. So I decided to create a study on it and dive in more into that. So that is free for you. Go download that. I will have that in the show notes. So for the month of April, I keep thinking it's May, but it's April. Um, For the month of April, we are going to be going through the book of Ruth, which I'm super stoked about. Today, we're going to be doing a little background on Ruth and kind of going through chapter one. Um, So this isn't going to be like a verse by verse situation. It's kind of going to be picking out maybe different themes or maybe some verse by verse, um, just kind of going through each chapter by chapter. Um, And some days we'll bunch chapters together and all of that good stuff. But Today is background plus chapter one of Ruth, which I'm super stoked for. So we are going to actually read Ruth chapter one before we begin. Um, and, and then we'll dive into, into the notes here. Okay, so Ruth chapter one, it starts like this. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem and Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died, and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Malon and Chilion died so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. 
Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, and go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter for me, for your sake, that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman said, Is this Naomi? She said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who came, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So that is the first chapter of Ruth right there. Um, so let's dive into just a little background on the book of Ruth. I'm just going to take a little sip of water here. So who is Ruth? Ruth is a widowed Moabite woman who leaves her family and her country to move with her widowed mother-in-law back to Judah. She marries her kinsman redeemer in one of the Bible's most famous love stories and becomes part of the lineage of King David and Jesus Christ. Where is the book found? So the book is found in the Old Testament right after the book of Judges. So it goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Or Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and then Ruth. When does the story take place? This is something that always fascinates me because these stories are true and they are historical. And so to really think of it from that perspective is so interesting to me. The historical account of Ruth takes place in um, the 5th or 4th century BC, according to the Britannica, and it was written by the prophet Samuel, the last judge of Israel, who actually anointed David king of Israel. The book of Ruth is only four chapters long, and bringing us back to that interesting note, Ruth is actually in the genealogy of Jesus, which is so incredible. Okay, so in this first chapter, we are um, introduced to, oh, I just lost my place, to Elimelech and Naomi, um, a couple who take their two sons and leave Bethlehem during a famine. We find out shortly after that Naomi's two sons marry Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. The husbands of Naomi, Ruth and Orpah, all three of them die. Naomi decides then to return to Bethlehem, and Ruth ends up staying with Naomi. Right away from the first few verses, we know something about this family. They're taking steps in the wrong direction. They're moving from the land and community of God's people to what was considered to be a pagan land. Although it is a hard season for the land and for the people of God, their choice to leave that land and that people is noted in scripture. In this book, 
Two, the, set is, the stage is set with a tragic situation. We have famine, a move to the wrong place. We have death, lost love. Two women making it on their own. It's just a tough situation, especially in just that culture and society and just time of history. Okay, so before diving into the rest of chapter one and the rest of this book, we know that the entire book is about Ruth. We can know that God moves in the lives of of widowers and sojourners and Moabite women. We can know that even in seasons of disobedience, which we'll see, he can bring good things for his people. He brought Ruth for Naomi. He is a God of mercy and a God who moves, um, who is present with us in our hard times and the times that we need comfort and help. He is just so good, and we're going to see that all throughout this book. Okay, so in verses 6 through 18... Um, Naomi hears that things in Judah were improved. So Naomi makes a choice. She chooses to go back to the people and to the land of God. David Guzik insightfully says, This set Naomi apart from many other people. Many hear of the good things that God is doing in the lives of others and only wish they could have some of it instead of actually setting out to receive it themselves. How powerful is that? Do we choose to go back to the land of the Lord when we've realized that we've strayed? Do we choose to claim his promises? Or do we choose to just see others reap the blessings of communion with him? He is not the one leaving us out. He's not leaving us out. He's never the one keeping us away. Let's choose him. Let's make that move. As she gets ready to move to Naomi, we see, tells her daughters-in-law to leave her and stay with their family and their people and their gods, and she urges them to do so. After much pleading, Orpah decides to return to her family. Ruth, however, stays with Naomi. In verses 10 through 13, we see Orpah decide to leave Naomi and go back home. At first glance, this is a super practical and understandable decision. Orpah is choosing the life she grew up in, and she knows she's choosing her family and her country. However, we see another major aspect to this decision, an aspect that makes Ruth's choice to stay a noble one. In verse 15, Naomi says to Ruth, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Naomi brings in the point that Orpah is choosing her gods over the god. The decision between staying with Naomi or returning to family is not just a choice of people, but a choice between gods and the living God. It's a call to choose God over other gods, to choose gods over practical decisions when they come and are at a crossroads. It's a choice to choose the straight and narrow, even when it comes against everything that seems comfortable, easier, acceptable, and even just something that we grew up in. But Ruth says, do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. In verse 16, Ruth isn't only choosing to be loyal to Naomi, but she is choosing to be loyal to Naomi's God. She is choosing this God and this way of life and the mother-in-law that it includes rather than her own people and her own gods. It's choosing God despite knowing, as Naomi warns, that there is no promise of a new husband or new children, which again, in this time and society, just basically means that you don't have a future at that point um, for, for many people. And I think it's just really interesting to note this in our own lives. When push comes to shove, 
and there is a crossroad. Will we choose the practical comfort or side with our God? Can you think of a place in your own life where this crossroad exists? Okay, so another big theme in this chapter is bitterness. Bitterness is a major theme in chapter one. Um, In a very natural sense, we can look at Naomi and understand that she is bitter at the situation. She is heartbroken. Her husband and her sons have died. I cannot even, it just it's just a heartbreaking situation. Sorrow and mourning are a very natural and necessary part of life. But when we dig a little deeper, we see that Naomi is not just sad, but she's bitter. She is bitter at the, at the situation, and she associates her bitter situation to God directly. Here are some verses we see the theme of bitterness in. In verse 13, Naomi says, It is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. In verse 20 through 21, Naomi says, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? From these verses, we see that Naomi believed God was coming against her. She believes fully that God is dealing bitterly with her, leaving her empty, testifying against her, and bringing calamity upon her. In verse 21 specifically, we read Naomi's story from her perspective as she tells it. What we don't read is God's perspective. And in our own lives, from our own point of view, we may see the here and the now the very real and very hard suffering that we go through. We sometimes can only see our pain and our suffering as God coming against us. After all, he is in control, right? But in reading the book of Ruth, we see something more. Yes, God allows pain. We live in a broken world that he is not fully reigning in yet. But we find that God works in life's tragedies. He carries his people through and even brings blessings through sad situations. He sees our pain and he wants to meet us there. God also sees the big picture in it all. He sees more than what we can see. By the end of this book, we'll see how God uses Naomi and Ruth's lives as part of a representation of his love for humanity. We'll see how he brings a new husband to Ruth, and through that marriage, she becomes part of Jesus' genealogy. How incredible is that? I don't know about you, but to be honest, there was a season of life where I felt like the Lord was dealing unfairly with me. I felt like he simply did not care about the situation at hand. In fact, it was hard for me to sing words that spoke of his goodness and his love because I did not feel those things to be true. I was allowing the situation to paint my perception of God. I was allowing hardship to tell me that God was against me. I allowed my perception of God to be to be defined by my suffering. And in turn, I was allowing my suffering to define me too. Often we can allow our hardship and suffering to define the way that we think about God or the way we perceive God thinks about us. This mentality encourages not only a bitter feeling, but begins to shape us as bitter people, becoming it enough to be called it by name, like Naomi changing her name. But we're actually called to do the opposite, to allow God and his truth of who he is and what he thinks about us to shape how we view our hardship and suffering. In 2 Corinthians 1, we are called to actually acknowledge that not only does God allow pain, yes, but that there is a purpose in pain. 
we are then called to bring God's comfort to others. We learn it's such a beautiful chapter and a chapter that has totally transformed my life. He does allow pain, but he's the good comforter. He is the God of all comfort and he has a purpose in the pain and he wants us to spread and share his comfort. It's so beautiful. In suffering, it's important to know too that God is not out to get us. From our own point of view, like in Naomi's, it seems that way. But God has a purpose in pain, just like we learn in 2 Corinthians 1. And God allows hardship, yes, that's undeniable, but he wants to bring beauty from ashes. God gives and he takes, he does, but he is good in both. Let's allow the Lord to show us a healthy way to heal and to weep. Together, let's lean into a healer and not allow bitterness against our healer to fester. If we're feeling that bitterness, bring it to the Lord. Cast it at his feet. Be honest with him. He wants to meet you and work in your heart. He wants to be your comforter. While Naomi was bitter, it's important to note that she decided to return to the God she felt was against her. She chose to follow him anyway. Why? Because Naomi knew that God was real and was sovereign and was true. She refers to him as the Lord and the Almighty. While she didn't like what God was doing or allowing in her life, she understood that he was God regardless. Her mentality was not pride-driven, assuming that she deserved better from God. Even in the lows, she chose God for who he was and for what he was allowing in her life. She chose him anyway. In this first chapter of Ruth and just in the book of Ruth, there are so many incredible lessons and things that the Lord teaches us from things like bitterness and comfort and suffering to choosing his ways above our ways and, and his path above our path, even when it means putting aside the things that we're comfortable with and used to. Um, there's just so much goodness in here, and I cannot wait to keep diving in with you into the book of Ruth. Um, I hope this was an encouragement um, to you and that you felt equipped by it. I encourage you to go and continue to read the rest of the book of Ruth in your own time or reread this chapter in your own time as well. Sit with it. Sit with the Lord with it and let him speak to you and, and everything that he wants to share with you in this chapter. It is so beautiful. Um, but again, I hope that you were encouraged and equipped by this episode. If you were, be sure to encourage and equip one of your good friends with this episode too by sharing it with them. And be sure too to subscribe to the She Lives Purposely podcast. Friend, I am so for you. I just hope and pray um, that you live purposely today, that you're walking with the Lord today. Have a fantastic rest of your day. I love you, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. I would love to hear what you thought about the podcast on Instagram at she lives purposefully and to rate and review us wherever you're listening from. It really helps us to serve you guys better and just lets us know what you're thinking and feeling and what you're looking for even. Um, so feel free to do that. And also tell your friends about the podcast. Let them know if it's been an encouragement to you, go and encourage them with it. Thank you so much again for listening. I love you friends.